Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about loot-based leveling and why I think it needs to drastically change and already is changing in Destiny. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. I'm usually live when these hit the feeds, so come on in and join the conversation, submit those questions, and hang out with us. We'd love it. If you're on YouTube, hit like and subscribe. Helps me out as well. So why are we talking about loot-based leveling? Uh, I think a lot of people that play Destiny maybe don't realize how far loot-based leveling has come, how much it's changed, and I wanted to kind of walk through and discuss the presence of loot-based leveling in Destiny sort of since its inception and why I believe it needs to change and already is changing somewhat drastically uh, and even even now in, in, in Shadowkeep, it's probably the most drastic that they've changed it. And I've continued to say that it seems like we're moving towards a more XP-based leveling. So I want to start by just talking about RNG leveling. Leveling that is affected by RNG leveling, or affected by, sorry. It's affected by RNG leveling. Second, I want to talk about the role of hitting 950 and then 960, what that looks like as a blend of grinds and and chases in this game right now and how that's changed. And then I want to end by talking about XP leveling. I want to talk about that kind of at the end here uh, of this talk. So let's just talk about RNG leveling first because if you played a lot of games similar to this, you may wonder why there's even RNG elements to your leveling progression. Something we've really been saying a lot lately is it seems pretty flawed that two people can put in the same amount of hours in a given week and have drastically different results in their leveling progression. Now, that's not quite true anymore on the climb to 900. Basically, everybody leveled at the almost the exact same pace and leveling to 950 was very, very similar. There wasn't a huge difference between your experience and my experience. Getting to 900 to 950 was really, really fast. But historically, the role of RNG in leveling in Destiny has something that we've continued to push back on and I'm going to kind of walk you through the history so you can see just how much they've pushed back on the presence of RNG and leveling because I believe it's on the way out first if you look at Vault of Glass as sort of the first iteration of the really frustrating idea of hitting max level and not being able to Forever 29 is a phrase that people use because you would need a very specific drop you needed all of your armor to drop to hit level 30 and Forever 29 basically meant you needed boots and played for months and just could not get the boots to drop you'd get completely landlocked to hit max level and that was not we don't look back fondly on Forever 29. Forever 29 is not a phrase that is memorable for the right reasons. It's memorable for the wrong reasons and we saw a giant shift in leveling take place when King's Fall, or the Taken King, landed. The Taken King lands and they come up with a system called Infusion. This is the birthplace of Infusion in Destiny was when the King's Fall DLC lands in the game. But it's a percentage for Infusion. So if you take something that we'll use this current game to make it easier to understand. If a 950 drops and you infuse it into something that's 900, it would land somewhere in between the 900 and the 950. There was a percentage that you got on the Infusion. Then, fast forward to the April update that followed the September DLC of the Taken King. The April update added what's called one-to-one infusion, which is what you experience now. A 950 goes into 
something it doesn't matter how low its power level is if it's a 600 750 or a 948 it immediately takes that piece of gear up to 950 it is a one-to-one transference of the power level of the item then infusions role in destiny 2 and i'm sorry not infusions but leveling has changed from destiny 2 vanilla even to now forsaken was probably the hotbed of criticism of leveling where people really got tired of feeling like i can't get the right thing to drop every week i'm getting stuck and can't level up and the reason i can't level up is it was like forever 29 all over again you were getting landlocked because you just needed boots what i need right now on my hunter is a cloak i can't get a cloak to drop at 952 that would roll me over to 953 it's the missing it's the missing piece that i have and i was trying to get that done before reset we're going to run some strikes during question and answer it'll be kind of my last ditch effort of a milestone to get it so you know destiny 2 vanilla to now in shadow keep even the presence of rng and leveling to now has been minimized significantly the ability to gap fill uh the soft cap being raised your ability to basically backfill by running virtually any activity all the way to 950 i mean 900 happened in the blink of an eye and then 950 was easily attained simply by just playing the game and hitting off milestones periodically so that is has that has been the evolution of rng's presence in leveling in destiny which i believe if you look at it honestly they have continued to try to minimize the presence of rng in your leveling experience and the crown jewel to this argument is even recently in their twab they decided to make getting the 960 easier by saying bad rng is landlocking you what we're going to do is we are going to give you plus twos on the 960 so let's transition now and talk about 950 to 960 what's that look like in the game right now what are they trying to do the blend right now is actually i think good for the entire community it's a good blend and a mix for the entire community the casuals can literally just boot up the game and play and get to 900 like it's nothing the climb to 950 is also incredibly easy and honestly kind of thoughtless i hit 950 on all my characters and i wasn't even trying to hit it i wasn't obsessing about i need boots i need this i need that i need this i wasn't obsessing i wasn't touching gambit i wasn't touching crucible and i still hit 950 so it's a nice blend and one of the reasons it's a nice blend is whether you're going to go into end game content like the raid of the dungeon or you're going to try to grind nightfalls having everybody land right in this pocket is beautiful everyone is somewhere between 900 and 950 in the entire community as long as you've been playing if you haven't been playing then you probably don't care so you might not even be even listening to this video but the lion's share of the community i believe is easily landing in the low to you know mid 900s you're getting to 950 probably just by playing okay and the reason this blend works very well is the hardcores can go beyond that. They can say, 950 is not good enough for me. I'm going for 960. I'm going to go into pinnacle activities and I'm really going to try and cap myself off to give myself a nice bump, not just for next season, but even in the current season to make those 980 grinds a little bit easier. The bulk of the community gets to the core of the gameplay experience, which is mid to low 900s, and then the slow burn to 950 is where the RNG 
RNG-dependent leveling rears its head the most. So right now, the presence of RNG and the frustration that I felt this morning of, I need a cloak, it is incredibly small. Its presence is incredibly small. Almost nobody's having that experience. It's it's the minority of the community going for 960. They've made getting the 960 easier. So while it is frustrating, I'm struggling to backfill. It's not that big of a deal. I know reset's going to happen. I'm going to start getting plus twos, and it's going to push me over, and I can focus on min-maxing and gap filling, you know, you know, after I'm done with all my pinnacles. I mean, it's not that it's, it doesn't feel as painful as it did in Forsaken. And the reason I think this is a good blend, and the reason that people might not understand why it's a good blend because they haven't really thought about it, is because they're going towards what feels like a more traditional leveling, which is just play the game. Just play the game. You're leveling your artifact. You're doing activities. You're getting drops. You're backfilling because the soft cap makes it very easy to backfill all the way to 950. You're rotating through the milestones. You don't feel, as I didn't feel, a pressure to go into content that you're not interested in. So let's end by talking about XP leveling. A point that I've been making recently is the more you lower the knob of RNG, the more you're basically just dressing up XP leveling. If RNG is really high, leveling feels like it's futile. It's like, I'm never going to level. I keep getting stuck. This is stupid. I'm done. The number one reason people were quitting post Forsaken and during the annual pass was because leveling was infuriating and people were falling behind. This is why surge bounties and surge quests came into the game. So if you see this RNG knob being turned all the way down to where basically you just play the game and level up. It's very transactional with the time. You just It's a transaction of time. Just play, do your milestones, complete all your activities, get the drops, and you're going to level. That is a slow, I believe, a slow turning of the rudder as we move away from from loot-based RNG leveling toward a more traditional XP leveling. They're just kind of dressing up XP leveling and it's 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 like it's not a wolf in sheep's clothing, but it's like XP leveling in loot-based clothing. You're you are leveling up with loot, but it's so one-directional. It's so it's very nice and linear. It's very easily accessible. This is not a criticism by the way. I am merely trying to show you that they're turning the rudder away from loot-based RNG leveling toward a more traditional XP leveling presence because this is, I want you to think through this threshold right now. The lion's share of the community hits 900 automatically basically by playing the campaign. 950 also happens basically automatically as long as you're playing and then 960, they just made it easier as well with respect to RNG loot-based leveling. So if you picture loot-based leveling and RNG as like this monster in the corner that was irritating people they have pushed that further and further and further and further into the corner so its presence in the game is felt way way less often and even when it is felt it's not nearly as painful I believe the XP artifact every season is a great great capstone to this rudder turn so when they finally pull the trigger on significant changes to leveling we will already have kind of gone through a mental metamorphosis where yeah this is fine we've been just playing the game and leveling up for two or three seasons this is totally fine this is way better than it was in forsaken so i believe the presence of rng loot based leveling in destiny is on its way out and these are my sort of like putting my fingers on the symptoms of that change and that evolution in the game i think 
think it's for the better. I think it lands on the community better. The hardcore players obviously will be like, well, what am I supposed to go for? That's where they have to fill those endgame grind pockets and activities with lots of things for you to do that are challenging and high level, and that's where I think we're headed. So, we're going to transition to question and answer, so don't go anywhere. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about loot-based leveling and why I think it's changing in Destiny for the good. And we're going to transition to question and answer now. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch these live at saynotorage.com. I'm probably live right now, and that address will bring you right to my Twitch channel. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, hit like and subscribe is a free way to support me. So let's jump right in to the questions lightly with the first question we know Bungie hired psychologists to make the game addictive and you yourself said Bungie likes to fill a void that they create themselves do you think that means that all the Destiny releases will almost intentionally never be perfect and be able to be refresh systems and content to draw players back into the game well I don't know if they're creating this sort of like almost like systemic obsolescence where the game always feels like oh man it just it isn't as good as it could be I don't actually know where I'm supposed to oh right I was like where am I supposed to go I don't know if they're creating a systemic obsolescence oh yeah create that activity create that loot pool and make it bad or less than perfect on purpose now I do think maybe they might say hey if we create this we can create this being phase one and then this will be phase two I don't necessarily know if I would call that systemic obsolescence where they know like this activity is going to be cool on the front end but then people are going to realize it's not that great on the back end and then we'll make it great on the back end and then people will celebrate us I think they might start taking more of an attitude of phases of evolutions of an encounter or an activity and I think that's actually a pretty smart idea I don't think they had that in mind like let's Let's imagine that they suddenly decide to take Escalation Protocol and invest in it. That's something that I've been consistently sort of calling for. Like, hey, why not take Escalation Protocol, update it, update the loot pool, give us random rolls. When they created Escalation Protocol, I I, kind of severely doubt that they were like, oh, you know what we could do Uh, in like a year and a half? We'll completely be revamping the game and this we can do X, Y, and Z with it. I I don't think that's the case. Right now, I know sometimes people act like Lono. You're too optimistic. You're too charitable. You think too. You're being too gen. You know, you're you're being too generous to to Bungie. I I see it this way. Okay, wouldn't it be better for them to look at activities and say, what are ways for us to improve this and make this better? Because people already kind of like it. You know, they already kind of like these encounters. They already kind of like these. Uh, you know, these. They already like them. They already like these places. They already like these these guns. They like these you know these bosses or whatever. I would rather them look at it and say, let's improve that instead of leaving it alone. You guys know I'm a big proponent of this, and I, I think a lot of people probably get tired of me saying that. But in my mind, it's like why why not you know utilize what's already there. So maybe I'm looking at it and just believing the best and believing that like Bungie's not intentionally creating a systemic obsolescence to every activity in the game, but they're creating activities that can over time either be improved upon, evolved or changed. And truth be told, 
wouldn't that be a good idea anyway to say every activity that we create every loop pool that we create can be evolved and expanded upon in the future instead of just like it's over and done with at the end of the season think about it like this all right what was one of the number one sort of eyebrow raising like are really they're gonna do that i don't know and that was probably the best response and then the most extreme response was i can't believe they're gonna take you know content out of the game that was probably the most eyebrow raising thing they announced about Shadowkeep was that they were going to begin this idea that they're going to add content and then take it out later which that's what the Vex Offensive is and what's everybody say oh that's ridiculous why would you take out content that we paid for why would you do that I can't believe you do that and then my question for those people is how often every week are you running Black Armory Forges? How often every week are you running Menagerie? How often every week are you running Blind Well or Escalation Protocol or any of those old pockets of content, right? Are you are you running those that often? No, you generally shuffle forward. So if people are going to be like, no, they shouldn't take content out. They should leave it in. I can't believe they're going to be taking out Vex Offensive or whatever. Then I think those people should have no problem with being like, well, if you're going to leave it in, at least evolve it and make it better for crying out loud. Don't just leave it as it is when it lands. Don't just leave the the loot piles in a in sort of a, a rubble of irrelevancy where like, yeah, no one really cares about that stuff anymore. Or I got all my god rolls or I got a full armor set. I've kind of moved on. I don't really care about that particular uh, activity or loop anymore. So to me, if you're gonna if you're gonna bristle at the idea of them taking content out, that means you want content to stay in. And if you want content to stay in, I think it's logical to want that content to not just stay in, but to maintain some rhythm periodically of relevancy where it doesn't just fall by the wayside and never and never get brought back. So I don't. That's a long answer to your question. I just don't foresee. I I don't. Not maybe not for C is not the right word. I have a hard time imagining a bungee that number one has that level of foresight, and that's almost like sinister foresight. Like, I've got an idea. Let's make an encounter and an activity that's good, but not great, and then we can make it great later. It could just be that every time they're making an activity, you remember when Luke Smith talked about in his director's cut about, like, we place a lot of simultaneous bets, like, we don't know how you guys are going to respond to certain activities and certain loot pursuits. Maybe sometimes that's just what's happening is they're dropping something in the game like Ada and we respond really really well to it and then months later or a year later Ada's influencing the game still to this day Ikora and the Lectern the rune table both Ikora's uh, system with the with the weapons and the rune table are heavily influenced by Ada and those were quality of life improvements and things that they did based off of player feedback once Black Armory was kind of like delivered and done with and so if that's the continued sort of approach that Bungie takes, I think we stand to benefit from saying, could you improve this? Could you make this better? Could you could you raise this up? Could you could you make this loot pursuit a little less painful or a little bit more directional or you know what you know however we want to phrase it. So I it's difficult for me to see them looking at menagerie and the black armory forges and reckoning and all these activities and intentionally making them sort of ho-hum so they can improve them later and be and be like 
the saviors. I do think they like to say, let's take away faction rally, let's take away trials, and there's a twofold thing going on there. We can bring it back and it's better, but if you create a vacancy and then you fill the vacancy, people get really, really excited. You know, they're like, oh, this is great. This is so awesome that we get to have, you know, these activities come back and improve. And then Bungie seems like the hero. So I definitely think there is an element of that. Uh, I think there is an element of that in in their improvement of the game, but I don't think it's like this like sinister sort of manipulative plan that they put in place years and months uh, months ahead of time. Levitate Green. Do you think they are going to continue bringing activities that have focused grinds similar to Black Armory Menagerie? What are some ways that they could extend upon this? I mean, the number one thing that I've continued to say is you take the you take the Ikora system and you I thought we were supposed to take the elevator up. Um, uh, maybe I'm ahead of the ad spawn because of the lag with T-Funk leaving or something anyway uh, I've continued to say just take Ikora system uh, because that is just a great system and you just expand upon it and you put it in the other NPCs you put it in Shax you put it in uh, Zavala you put it into Drifter uh, any uh, planetary NPCs could get like a really low low tier version of it where you give them weekly dailies and repeatables and then you also give them you know a, a, a seasonal weapon or something you know that could be that could be an easy easy add uh, that's kind of just my initial answer is for now why not start there Bungie why not start with like okay Ikora system and Ada system we know these systems are praised and liked Let's continue uh, to take these systems and put them elsewhere and then see how they're responded to. Like, I think small iterations like that are a good call a lot of the times because what you're doing is is you're giving the community a chance to say, okay, instead of us doing, you know, Shaxx, Zavala, Drifter, and Ikora are all the same, what if people come back and they're like, okay, we like that, but what about this? Well, now they're in a position to iterate on the idea before they expand it. When I worked for the technology company, it was a small development company. When I worked there for a year, that was one of the big things that he tried to do. He tried to do what in the industry is called agile development. You do little iterations, you do small, you know, updates and changes, and when you do that, you empower the the client to have that feedback to say, you know, we really thought we wanted X, Y, and Z, but now that we see it in action, we would like it tweaked. So a lot of people are like, man, I love Ikora, but they might come back with like a, why is the currency capped? Or, you know, why isn't the armor in there too? Why not have frames for the armor so I could grind for full sets of her armor? Why not have tiers of the frames? So maybe I could grind for an armor piece that takes a lot longer to do and it's harder and there's a harder difficulty. Right now that's not true of Vex Offensive, but I want higher stat rolls. You know, I want high stat rolls on the Vanguard armor. And if I'm going to be grabbing frames from Zavala, I don't want to have intrinsically bad stat rolls because you guys seem to think that if I can grind for the armor with intentionality, it needs to have low stat rolls like the Dreambane armor. So I would think that them adding it to her first is a good start. And now they can iterate, accept our. They can accept our 
um, our feedback, iterate on the idea and improve it, and then spread it to the other NPCs. Because if you're going to make a standard change across the board, I mean, think about what they did with the bounties. That was a pretty big change. You know, they give us weeklies, they give us dailies, they give us repeatables. That's a brand new change. And they maybe wanted to feel out our opinions on those before they did another update as well, where it's like, okay, we're also doing this as well to the NPCs. So... I'm always for small iterations so they don't have to suddenly do what they did with like the menagerie the menagerie lands everyone's like this is amazing this is the most rewarding content in destiny and they're like oh frick we have to patch that and then everybody's really really disappointed small iterations allows them to not accidentally give away the farm and then have to like push us back and sequester us out of activities or or different things that we might have really really grown to love and they're like yeah that's too rewarding that's too generous that's probably one of the benefits of having uh, activities that retire every season they don't have to basically like let's say right now let's say internally that Bungie has concluded that the Vex offensive is far too generous they're like you know what this is just way too generous um, there's just there's no way we can maintain this level of reward okay well they don't have to do anything they can let us kind of enjoy it for the remainder of the season and then after we enjoy it for the remainder of the season then yeah it goes away and they use that they use that idea that's in their brain that like this is way too generous and then next season their activity is then inspired by that idea that like okay we need to tone it down that's one of the beauties of number one quick iterations that's one of the beauties of resetting the artifact that's one of the beauties of having an activity that goes away because it's like oh you know what um we don't necessarily have to do anything let people enjoy it and then it'll go away at the end of the season and once it's away at the end of the season uh we can have the next season activity not be so generous be a little bit more balanced and a little bit more nuanced and people will be like oh this isn't as good as vex offensive but they're a little less likely to make that criticism i knew it i knew he was going to get me with his blade uh i'm surprised you couldn't res yourself i felt like that was long enough uh domo um if anybody wants to join and help out, we lost T-Funk, and uh, this boss fight's actually one of the more challenging ones, especially with Blackout on. I felt like by then you should have been on a res. So, I, I think you were a few seconds away. Okay, I was trying to stay alive. I forgot Blackout was on, and I let him hit me twice. I shouldn't have done that. I should have uh, I should have backed off. Uh, yeah, if you want to back up here, I can use Divinity. So, I, I think that... I think that what I want to see is I want every I want every NPC to look like Ikora but I also understand why they probably couldn't do that this season and maybe related to what you know like Light Leap said maybe they kind of intentionally left that in the bag to be like you know what we don't want to do too much value in Shadowkeep we want to spread some of that butter out on the bread and we want to be like yeah we'll bring that as a value point in a future season to give that season a little bit more life because they're only $10 right I mean the, the, the seasons are the seasons are going to be pretty sparse I think T-Funk with a question. A hardcore player can grind 8 hours a day the highest XP farms and a casual can maybe get 2 hours a day. How does XP leveling help a casual when hardcore can in this situation do 4 times a day of the casual? Uh, I see this extending the gap from casuals to hardcores at least with 9 pinnacle drops uh, that may be taking 14 hours a week to complete. Should level at the same rate that the hardcore player can complete in 9 hours. Right, I think that your question may 
makes a couple mistakes. Number one, it assumes that if a hardcore player can get done with leveling quickly, that somehow diminishes the experience of a casual. So I think that's mistake number one in your question. I think that 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 presumption uh, is is not is not correct. If I'm leveling really really fast, that doesn't hurt the casual player. And the example that I would give is Shadowkeep. Uh, everybody got the level really really fast and. I, I being able to level really, really fast did not diminish the experience of, you know, Billy two hours a night or, you know, Thomas two hours, right? Like I'm not diminishing their experience. I leveled up way faster and way more efficiently than, you know, anybody that was playing less than me. Uh, the second part of your question that presumes something that I don't think is really, uh, true is that hitting max level is somehow something that if done too quickly, Uh, is an enormous problem. I don't think it's an enormous problem because it happens already. We were all hitting 900 and then 950 unbelievably fast and no one was like, oh man, I can't believe this. Uh, Anybody who claims leveling should be slow, I would love to know a time when they thought leveling was great because the only time leveling was slow was probably post forsaken when it was slow because of RNG. It wasn't slow because of your time investment or your needed dedication. You could put in the same exact amount of time as me and I could be higher level than you. So that's probably not the best example of like, oh, that's when leveling was really, really good for the hardcore player. I think hardcore players were some of the most vocal about leveling being bad in forsaken because it was like i i got landlocked and couldn't level up and i was running raids every 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 single week so xp leveling helps the casual because number one i think xp leveling lands on the entire player base better than anything else and the reason i think it lands on the entire player base is you get out what you put in when i interviewed the guy from nintendo treehouse about uh, I believe it was the new, whatever that new um, RPG game they just came out with a little bit ago. Uh, it was Astral something. Uh, that game, he basically said, if you chew a little, you get a little, was essentially the line that he used. And I like that line. And I feel like with XP leveling, that's what's going to happen. Astral Chain, thank you. If, if you chew a little, you get a little, okay? If you are, if you are investing... A small amount of time, you're you're gonna get a small amount of results in your leveling. So, the way I look at it is, XP leveling or more accessible leveling lands on players in a better way. Uh, it lands on players in a way that uh, if if you are going to put in two hours a day, you are going to get you are going to get two hours a day worth of leveling. If I put in nine hours a day, I'm going to get nine hours worth of leveling. And again, we saw this at the beginning of Shadowkeep. We see people rewarded for their time, and that's why XP leveling is a superior leveling system. That's why the current leveling system is a really good blend. The artifact is automatic for everybody as long as you're just doing bounties and activities with XP. Hitting 900 was basically automatic. Just play the dadgum, you know, the story mission, the campaign, and you're you're gonna level up. Like, you don't have to do any whole lot of thought or math or like, oh my gosh, I've gotta like make sure and go in here and I need this drop, I need that drop, I can't get the right drops. That really wasn't happening. A lot of the leveling was just automatic. It was, there was, there was no, there wasn't a whole lot of 
whoops, killed myself with my own grenade because he fell forward. There was a lot of that. And then there's this hardcore 950 to 960 grind waiting for the tip of the pyramid players to engage with. And I, again, I think the more we look at Bungie's response to RNG loot-based leveling, Bungie continues to make it clear that they are pushing the RNG loot-based leveling monster back into the corner. That the presence of RNG and loot-based leveling continues to get pushed into a corner and have way less presence. The only time that you really, really feel the presence of, of bad RNG in the loot-based leveling is on the grind from 950 to 960. And they just just, right? They just lowered that pain by giving you plus twos from pinnacles. So the, the, the only place where you, we were really feeling that pain, the only place they literally just minimized the presence of RNG in, in, that, in that regard. They just continue to slowly turn the rudder so that we're moving away from RNG-based, loot-based leveling to what I believe is a more traditional leveling. And again, maybe they leave it. Maybe they know that, like, people don't want to have that experience of, like, dude, I, I, I don't want to just grind XP. I, st- I like it being tied to loot, right? People like that. People think, oh, that's a, that's a good feeling to get loot drops, and then the loot drops affect your level. Like, Clintus brought that up last night. There's just something about being like, I need this, I need this, I need this, and you finally get this. Like, those moments of elation, I think, are important. But right now, leveling is so linear and easy, even though it's loot-based, that it's basically XP leveling wearing the disguise of loot based leveling because it just it kind of happens from you basically just playing you just play the game and you're leveling which is essentially what XP leveling is they're just not calling it that so more than likely what they're probably doing is they're just sort of giving you that directional linear leveling without making it feel painful like it did in Forsaken um the 950 grind is real. I'm not maxing out the season, to be honest. I just play till I reach there. Right, but I wasn't even focusing on it, and I was hitting 950 gear really, really easy. I, I don't think they wanted even the grind from 900 to 950. I really, really don't think they wanted that to be a slow process either. I think they wanted that to be generally pretty quick so that you were just kind of like, again, in the center of the pack of the community uh, because that's something that they... That's something that they wanted to change about the game. They wanted it to feel different this time around, and they wanted people to feel like they could just sort of play what they wanted and at their at their at their pace. I didn't even try and I hit 950. Right, it just it wasn't difficult. It really wasn't. JB script. What do you think of the ability to instantly level your alts up using armor and rewards from the season pass? As someone who got burnt out uh, and quit due to Forsaken season pass leveling. Uh, I really appreciated being able to leapfrog from 750 to 948 in 10 minutes. Well, I think that th- this right here is is the specifics of what I've been talking about uh, for the last few minutes. What I've been talking about for the last few minutes has basically been just that. They made it to where no one felt the pain of leveling anymore. It, like, it just wasn't a thing. It was like... Nope, uh, leveling is really, really straightforward and easy. Uh, I popped this at the wrong time. You know, leveling was not something that felt like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to get this done. Uh, Leveling was basically transaction of time. And again, it didn't feel like a transaction of time because it was loot-based leveling, you know, on the surface. But underneath, it was basically play enough each week and you're going to level up. Uh, and I think that's probably why people have celebrated it and like it a lot more. 
Because if you get, you know, you get home from work, you boot up the game and you play for two hours, you put the game, you put the controller down. And if someone asks you the question, what did you, what did you get done tonight in destiny? You can say, got some good drops, leveled up a little bit. Maybe got a gun or two that I like. Maybe got an armor drop. It's got decent stats, but you can actually say, I got X, I made progress with XYZ, you know, and then whenever you settle in the next night, you know where you need to go and what you need to do, and you kind of have that feeling of progression. So, being able to do this, I mean, you're just again putting meat on the bones as to why leveling was so different, but arguably so much better in Shadowkeep than it was in previous seasons. Leviathan Hefe says, The one thing I would like to see is the Borderlands 3 enemy scaling per person playing. Would this be feasible, and would you like that in Destiny 2? Uh, we've talked about, like, world tiers that would do that, so, like, if I'm in the area and my world tier is set to, you know, uh, uh, wherever I am, I could set, maybe I could set the world tier to 950. I think the biggest dilemma with that is if someone in your area is set to world tier 750 or whatever, um, they're, they're gonna be like a god in your instance, able to just mow down everything, because 750 it is is just everyone's at that you know at that delta basically and so their 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 output and their presence in the game would maybe feel make the public space feel a little bit lopsided so the danger would be if you do world tiers is there a way to funnel everyone together that has their set to a world tier of 850 this again would give that sense of like i'm i'm the game is leveling as you're saying the game is scaling to me uh the game is scaling to me, and because of that, I'm having a, a you know an experience that feels good. I'm I'm feeling like I'm uh, I'm always sort of challenged. I'm always sort of you know progressing. Instead of right now, it's like you go into those encounters and you're just like, this is a joke. This is super super easy. This is why difficulty spectrum needs expanded and, and, and put into more places. Vex offensive needs difficulty spectrum and a reason to run. Uh, the harder content, you know, the harder version or whatever. They, you know, they need these things. They need to have that spectrum because, number one, it lands on the players, I think, in a really great way. And, number two, it creates this environment of I'm sort of always, always moving and I'm ne- I'm never sort of static and stuck or bored. Um, and I think that's a good thing. given Given that they've just kind of started implementing difficulty spectrum I think difficulty spectrum will spread and show up into more places with more time I wouldn't be surprised if next season's seasonal activity whatever replaces Vex Offensive will have a seven, it'll have the night the nightfall spectrum it'll be 750, 920 950, 980 it'll have that spectrum um, that's what I think they're going to do H. Mongolite says, Lona, with the change to Pinnacle drops being plus two now, do you think we will get a new power boost come with Season of Dawn? I addressed this in my video that went live this morning on uh, on YouTube. I addressed this. I said that I felt that um, the, way, the way that they're approaching leveling right now, and this ties into what I've said today, that, you know, the turning of the rudder, I could still see them not giving us a level bump next season. I could still see them doing that. I could also see them raising the pinnacle cap by five or something like that. Because the only real people that are going to complain about the lack of a power jump are going to be the people that are what? At max level. 
the rest of the community that's like 930s, 940s, maybe they just got to 950, you're not going to hear a peep out of those people if there's no gear level bump next season. You just aren't going to hear a peep out of them, okay? This isn't going to happen. So, the only people that would complain, uh, the only people that would complain would be people that are at max level and are grinding for the pinnacles. So, if they gave the pinnacle like a five bump or a ten bump ten bump might be too much if we got a five bump on the pinnacle grind every season that means you would get a you could hit 65 next season uh we are not grinding this i we're not grinding this one on arc burn uh especially because i hate the fanatic you would um you would you could go to 65 then 70 then 75 so by the time you finish the summer dlc the summer season Without the artifact, you could be at like 75, which is like end game power structure without the artifact. Now, Mike and, and, and Paul Tassie last night were kind of like, yeah, but then you're immediately in the end game. You're immediately in the end game if you let people do that, right? And I'm like, well, not necessarily. Next season, they'd be 60 and they'd be close to 980, but they would not immediately be in the end game. They'd have to still grind their artifact if they really want to be at those end game delta thresholds. Okay? They get to 65. Same thing for season in the spring. You'd be like, well, I'm 65. I'm still needing to level my artifact a little bit for like a week or two before I start jumping into the end game. Truth be told, truth be told, I think people would probably like that. I think they would like the idea that I need to um, I, I need to level my artifact first and then immediately kind of be in the end game. They don't want to run around in non-end game content for a month before getting to the end game. And this is why this is why people that play hardcore enter every season and say, what can I do to bypass the level? What can I do to bypass the level grind? They say bounties, they do all kinds of things because they're trying to bypass that level grind. They want to skip right over it and get to the meat of the end game. So I think a five bump on on the pinnacle grind could honestly be the best the best solution because you would essentially say you would essentially say, hey, you know, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna be grinding this season and you're already at level cap, we're gonna let you bump yourself up a little bit more. Now the plus five, if, if, if you know, they could go back to the plus ones if it if if you're only going bumping it by five, right? Again, I think everything points to RNG loot based leveling losing its presence in the game. Like it's just it's not gonna be as prominent. It, it isn't gonna be it isn't gonna be as 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 present as it is right now even the rng loot based leveling that is present in the game is just continuing it's just continuing to shrink there's almost no there's almost none of that in the game anymore like i said i mean this week alone i was like oh i need to run i need to try to get a mark to drop and i didn't get it and i'm like what a bummer but i'm also kind of like it doesn't really matter it's not that big of a deal I can just kind of play and get the pinnacles next week, and I'll be fine, right? I'll 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 be totally fine. Uh, so at the at the at the end of it, I still think they're moving away from doing a gear jump every season. I still think they are. I think the in think about it like this. Think about it like this. This is how I want to phrase my question. I just thought of how I want to phrase this. The only people, all right, 
the only people that were really helped by the update to Pinnacles are endgame hardcore grinders. I thought I made it. Are the are the endgame hardcore grinders. They're the only ones affected, okay? So I would wager to say 80% of the community didn't really feel the effect of that change. They didn't really feel the effect of that change. They are like, they're just sort of playing the game and they're getting their stuff and they're enjoying themselves. And they're like, wait, what? They made an update to Pinnacles? Yeah, I don't really run Pinnacles. I don't really care about that. So the only people that really felt that shift in the in the in the universe of Destiny are the people that are grinding for Pinnacles every single week. And I think those people are a minority. And that's why I don't necessarily know if Bungie's gonna be like, dude, I I I really don't think we need to mess with leveling every season because the lion's share of the community isn't even at 950 or isn't even at nine, you know, 951. You know, how many people are even crossing over above 950, right? Even even out of the percentage of people that hit 950, the next percentage you have to take is how many of those people are are going into end game stuff. How many of them are going for pinnacles? I, you know, is there a lot? How many of them hit 951 before the next season in the community? I, I bet you any, I bet you 951 and above is just going to be an unbelievable minority in the community. Just unbelievably low. Um, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem like, uh, like a pursuit that the community has largely focused on in the past. And those that did generally were, either frustrated by the bad RNG in the past seasons or would just squeak in and get there and then feel like, oh, we got to do it all over again. Um, I I would wager to say most of the community is going to be completely and utterly fine with no gear bump every season. You'll have a loud minority that takes to, the, takes to Reddit in the forums and is like, what's the freaking point of playing Bungie? This is stupid. Why would you do this? But... I think if you let people get acclimated to the system, experience a season where they hit the ground running, do the artifact, get it leveled, start doing endgame stuff because they're already 960 or close to 960, and they feel the benefit of that system, I think they'll change their tune after like a month of the new season. Um, Because being angry at no level bump, I think honestly makes no sense to me. A season lasts for 12 weeks, and the grind to level bump lasts a week to two weeks. Why the frick do you care about that? It lasts for two weeks, and then you're done. Now, you might be like, but the pinnacle grind doesn't. Okay, but the pinnacle grind is brand new. In past seasons, hardcore players that cared about leveling were literally hitting level bumps ever, you know, with two to three weeks. Out of a 12-week, out of a 12-week season, they were like, basically done with that grind and that value point in insanely fast it's the smallest percentage of the season as far as like what you're actually going for it's the smallest percentage so i no level bump here's what's gonna happen here's what's gonna happen you go into a room of 100 people i think i think out of 100 people i think 10 people i think 10 people are going to be angry about the no level bump I think 90 people in that room are going to be like, oh, this is great. I don't have to worry about a level bump every season. I just level the artifact, and I level the artifact by doing the bounty system that just got overhauled in Shadowkeep, so there's bounties everywhere, and I can kind of continue playing what I enjoy playing. I'm telling you right now, 90 people out of 100. You take 100 people from Destiny and put them in a room across all spectrums of engagement levels, and the 90 are going to be like, this is great. 
And out of the 10 people that are unhappy, do you know what's going to happen with almost all 10 people? They're going to freaking play anyway. So I think Bungie's just rolling the dice on the numbers and saying, there'll be a percentage that complain, they're still going to play because they're hardcore players, and they're uh, they're going to remain a captured audience. They're not going to put the game down because we don't give them a level bump. Silent Service says, Do you think Crucible's on its way out of the game with no real attention being placed on Crucible? Uh, do you think they'll eventually hear the numbers on elimination participation? Uh, I don't know where you're looking to base this question on. I know in the past I said they're not giving Crucible a lot of attention. Crucible may be on its way out of the game, right? I was basing that off of 12 months of nothing, okay? Given the current trend of both the numbers as well as Crucible Labs, I think Crucible is going is is going to stay for a very very long time. Crucible numbers for engagement are really really high, uh, easily over a million players a day, uh, rivaling and tying PVE for the first time ever. Usually, uh, when we are now more, we are a month and a week. We are five weeks away from a DLC landing. Okay, we are five weeks out. From a DLC landing and typically when we get this far out crucible is not tying PVE destiny trackers not giving me totals right now but like last week let's just go with last week's numbers last week was a million crucible 1.2 million PVE that typically is it's ne- it's normally not that close and it's normally not that high okay so crucible's doing really really well Right, four, but okay. No, we're five weeks out. D- didn't uh, didn't this land the first week of October? Didn't Shadowkeep land first week of October? Wasn't it October the first, or was it October the eighth? Was it October the eighth? So one, two, three, four, four weeks would have been would have been uh, yeah, it's been five weeks. Uh, season pass page says twenty eight weeks. That's four weeks from now. It's not the 5th. We're on the 12th. October the 8th, okay, to the 15th is one week. 15th to the 22nd is... is, is so one, two, three, four. Last week was four weeks. On November the 5th, we were four weeks in. We are now five weeks in. I, I'm confused. It was October the 1st? Yeah, so we're easily five weeks in right now, not four weeks. I mean, I, you're, you're splitting hairs and you're wrong. Uh, so <laughs> you're splitting hairs and you're wrong. Bad combination. We are more than five weeks into the season and the numbers are really, really good. Oh, meant left in the season. I wasn't saying left in the season. I was saying we're five weeks after the DLC came out, right? I said from the next DLC? No, I may have misspoke. We are five weeks out from the DLC. Meaning, you guys misunderstood what I said. When I said five weeks out, I mean Shadowkeep was launched five weeks ago. We're five weeks in, and the dad gumming it gave me a kinetic weapon. The and the and the um and the and the player base numbers are stronger than they've ever been. We typically were not making it like we're like yeah, five weeks in, not five weeks out. Sorry, what, whatever. It, it, we're we're more than a month into this season, and there's over a million players PvP and a million players PVE. They're closer than they've ever been. That was the point I was trying to make. Sorry, I I probably used the wrong phrase. 
and the reason I'm pointing that out is typically we would get five or six weeks into a season and Crucible would be like six, five to 600,000 players and PvE would be like 700 to 800,000 players, like significantly lower and they would be, they would be, you know, uh, further apart. Now they've been about a hundred to two hundred thousand apart, as opposed to being two hundred to three hundred thousand players apart in the in the grand totals. So that was that was in general the, the the point that I was trying to make was that I don't think Crucible is going anywhere. Now to the second part of the question: What about uh, the the Crucible Labs experiment? They just tweeted about that last night. Actually, they just tweeted about that last night. They said. Um, we, you know, we want to know your feedback. They posted a forum post. Uh, you know, they're asking for people's feedback. So I, I don't. I think Crucible is obviously always the hotbed of debate in the community. People are like, Crucible's a mess. Crucible's amazing. Crucible's terrible. There's too many. There's too many broken builds, and this is OP, and that's OP, and I'm sick of this map, and I'm that. That's just been sort of the five year uh, conversation uh, with the Destiny community. So that's kind of always happening, and I think that the experiment with crucible labs more than likely is going to result in a probably a twab where they say here's how many people played uh here's our feedback here was the general consensus from the community on what you guys thought of eliminations presence in the game right now uh that may now hang on now that may go into another round of testing i don't know weren't they supposed to run it for four weeks so we've done that so now I would think maybe they would do four more weeks and make some changes and then collect data again and then say, okay, second round of testing. Here's generally what people thought. Here's the adjustments that we've made and why. And, you know, this is this is the adjustments we've made for the second round of testing. Here's what we're basing that off of. You guys have said these things. These, these We saw these behavioral patterns in the community and blah, 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 blah. And they do four more rounds, okay? Then... At the end of Season of the Undying, they come out and say, according to two rounds of tests, a total of eight weeks of testing where we collect the data of our own and verbal feedback, written feedback from the community, we have determined that elimination can come back to the game and here's how it's going to come back and we feel that this is this is the time to bring back Trials of Osiris and as Luke Smith said, we want to bring back 3v3 Elim. He said that we want to bring it back into a quote, warmer home. That was the phrasing that he used and with Season of Dawn being the title and potentially centered around Osiris, we don't know and we're fixing the timeline if somebody's going to help us fix the timeline I would think that would be Osiris, right? so it, that's that's just like a bunch of like maybes and speculations like I don't know what they're doing but I do think Bungie's, Bungie's well aware that like PvP has tons of people playing it and Sometimes I wonder if the vocal if the vocal minority in PvP is just always going to be just that. The game feels too good. It's just way too satisfying. It feels amazing. And they're always going to want to play the way that the guns handle, the way that the guns feel. They're always going to kind of feel that draw to play Destiny, but they're also always going to hate One-Eyed Mask level of power in the game. It's just kind of always been that way. There's always been a hated exotic. There's always been hated builds. There's always been hated maps. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can create a PvP that doesn't have that, where people aren't like vocalizing their disdain for certain builds, guns, and maps. Uh, you know, Call of Duty is is a great example right now. They launched with absolute. Listen, I don't know if you guys realize this or not. 
I played almost every single Call of Duty all the way up until I believe it was like Black Ops 3 when I I hung up my spurs and said, I'm just going to take a break from this game for for basically forever. Uh, And every single time, (laughs) every single time uh, they launch a Call of Duty, shotguns are broken for like a month. It's just, they've always done this. It's like, it's like deja vu. I don't know if you can remember the Model 1887s from Modern Warfare 2, but basically every single time Call of Duty launches, they're like, oops, our bad. Shotguns have the range of like an auto rifle we don't know how that happened every single time we launch the title um the the freaking the, the the shotgun problem in call of duty it, it's it's phenomenal that they've they've managed to do it every single time they've launched a title so i think that in in all of these games there is a there there is always that propensity to blame gear and I think they blame gear because there's probably at times justifiable reasons to blame gear for them you know them dying. If you remember God roll matadors and God roll party crashers, if you didn't have one, you felt the difference. You could not win a shotgun fight in Destiny One if they had a God roll matador and you didn't, or they had a God roll party crasher and you didn't. You were not winning that engagement. There was just the range difference was absurd on those guns and on those perks, and so that creates a a sort of a systemic hive mind of if I die it's the gear's fault if I die it's the gun's fault and you know Clintus has touched on this when he's talked about PvP on the podcast that people get so zeroed in on what's killing them that they could die 20 times in a match and three of those deaths are to recluse one-eyed mask like some titan that's just running around being Godzilla with you know the recluse and the one-eyed mask three of their 20 deaths are to recluse one-eyed mask and that's all they remember they end the match and they're like, recluse what I meant. You know, they, they ignore the fact that they got out BR'd by a hand cannon. They got killed by a super. They got killed by heavy. They got killed by a shotgun. They, You know what I mean? There's a variety of things that are killing you in Crucible, but when you zero in on the things that are known to be overpowered, that can tend to shade your experience and you, act, you think that, like, that that's all you're dying to. Um, it's almost like everybody has their choice thing that they hate. Um... They hate pulse rifles and lane camping. So the high-end guys, you'll hear the high-end guys complain about that. They hate the hand-holding. They hate the lane camping. They hate pulse rifles. And then you'll see other people come in here that you can kind of tell maybe they're on the lower end of the spectrum of skill, and they complain about the, the shotguns, and they complain about the recluse. And they're probably pushing choke points, and they're losing close engagements because of it. Uh, they're getting absolutely mapped. Like, when I hear somebody complain about shotguns, that's all they die to, and they say that, I'm like, well, that's probably related to your positioning and where you're you know and how you're playing and so everybody has their choice thing that they hate and it's like well if you all had your way there wouldn't be anything in crucible left there'd be nothing left you know there'd be no guns left there'd be no supers left there'd be no exotics left it'd be it'd be a a very stripped down and neutered experience so I don't necessarily know if Bungie's vision for crucible is for those debates to ever get settled Right, I think those debates generally mean you have an engaged audience, uh, a committed audience, and a passionate audience. Those are probably signs of health more than signs of concern. Like, oh my gosh, Crucible's gonna die. Yeah, you have a million players playing a day and a vibrant, ravenous, angry player base voicing their frustrations on Twitter, Crucible, and the like. And then uh, they keep playing. They keep jumping back in and keep playing. So this is why... When I talked about how a lot of the feedback from Destiny 1 influenced Destiny 2 in negative ways, Bungie has to figure out how to square player feedback, and you got to parse that through the filter of 
player behavior and the example I give is myself I was very vocal and very critical of the skeleton key system there were too many layers of RNG it was RNG if you were going to get a skeleton key to drop then when you use the skeleton key you might get a grass skirt and then after that if you get the gun to drive you might not even get a roll worth using there was like layers upon layers upon layers of RNG now I complained about something that I continued to engage with and that's the true challenge okay if people are complaining about a system but continuing to engage with it you have to say what are ways to maybe minimize the pain they're complaining about without gutting the system so I get so sick of random rolls and then they, people chased random rolls like crazy in D1 so what's Bungie do they punt the ball down the field they're like no random rolls people didn't like random rolls no 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 hold the phone we didn't we didn't hate random rolls to the point that they needed to be jettisoned from the game we didn't like how we couldn't chase a god roll Ayas Luna with any intentionality. We couldn't chase a lot of those god rolls with any intentionality. I mean, there were god-tier, committed PvP players that never got a god roll Ayas Luna or never got a god roll Party Crasher or Matador because there was no intentional grind. So now, full circle, Bungie has parsed the feedback from the community with systems that are more in line with how we play. Think about it. The Ada's bounties, and then the menagerie with the chalice, and then Ikora, and then the lectern. Like, they're moving in that direction of saying, okay, you guys like these things, but you don't like when the pain or the frustration is over, is like, is like, it's too present, which has to do with everything in my talk today where they're pushing back the pain of RNG leveling into a corner to the point that we're basically just doing XP leveling now and it's coming in the form of loot drops it's just very different so when I look at Crucible and I think oh is it on its way out what's going on with Trials what's going on with this Bungie's having to do the exact same thing they're having to parse okay this is what players are complaining about and we got to filter that through player engagement. So, people are engaging even though they're complaining. How can we minimize the presence of some of this pain without gutting the entire, you know, I don't know, mystery and magic of the game? How do we do that and still maintain what feels like destiny? I think that's always always the giant question. We've had a bunch of subs come in. No, I'm, I'm not a bunch, a couple, I'm sorry. Uh, a smirk with 2 months and then Lord Nexus with two months, and then nine months from I'm So Sinister. Guys, thank you for all those resubs. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, so, I this is why when people talk really sort of absolutist about PvP, like, well, if they would just do this, it would fix all of the problems. And I'm like, okay, snake oil salesman, that ain't true. You're not going to fix... You ain't fixing the Crucible by just pulling one lever or nerfing one item. Like, that just isn't going to happen. In general, this is an ongoing... This is an ongoing conversation where they're basically saying, what's the player feedback? Filter that through and parse that through player behavior so we come out on the other end with something that is satisfactory and good for the health of the game, which I believe PvE has... If you look at... If you look at Destiny 2 Vanilla to now, the evolution of PvE, the evolution of PvE is really, really strong. It really is. It they, there's there's a continued need for evolution and tweaking. I think Crucible is a lot harder to evolve for one fundamental foundational reason. Okay, PvP is kind of like 
it's 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 like a it's like trying to remodel a house but you can't expand on your property size okay you can only do so much with pvp because it's it's pvp you got a couple you got players over here players over there a couple of game modes that generally work and that's it you can't you can't go beyond these barriers and these walls you know it's got to kind of stay in its lane that foundational reason is one of the is one of the I think the greatest hindrances to the evolution of PvP and really in really any game. Because by and large, like what are you really gonna do to iterate on the arena shooter? Everything they've and, and listen, they don't have a great track record. Everything they've tried has really struggled. Rift, salvage, breakthrough, uh what are some of the other ones they tried? I forget the other one. They've tried tons of new game modes that have all just gone nowhere and have and people don't like them and it's like well because of that we just kind of have to retreat back to 3v3 elim control and clash (laughs) it's like it's like we've had five years of attempted iteration on game modes and evolution and map design and they wanted to do 4v4 strip down double primary and it just didn't work it just didn't work the best destiny is the either 6v6 controller clash or the 3v3 elim and you gotta have the boom the pow and the magic you have to you gotta take the good with the bad you do that's the facts of life very few of you will get that joke like you do you have to take the good with the bad if you want this to feel like destiny the magic and the boom and the pow's gotta be there and that probably comes with builds that are irritating or things that might feel slightly broken or guns that feel like crutches uh you know i'm old and i got it yeah there we go <laughs> we the old the, the old fuddy duddies in chat are giving themselves away so uh be leery of the boomers uh you you vil bill how handicapped will i be at 950 if i pick armor base on appearance as opposed to best in slot um, you don't start to feel, you don't start to feel the lack of a good loadout and the lack of good stats and all that. You don't start to feel that until you go into 980 content. Okay. If you go into 980 content and you're trying to do like a 980 nightmare and you're trying to synergize with your team and you're going for speed, that is when you feel the lack of your own armor efficiency. If you're going into the rest of the game, you won't feel it go run a 980 nightfall and just look make yourself look pretty and your teammates are like you know min maxing and they've got everything you know they got a synergy with their armor and their guns and their build and their stats and their you know what i'm saying they're they're doing that they're going to have a much easier time than you their recovery is going to be better they're probably going to be getting better ammo drops maybe their reloads better Maybe there's better synergy between the weapons that they know are going to be good for the, maybe the particular burns or the modifiers, and they've got that synergized with their their armor. And if you're like, oh, I want to look pretty, okay, well, you're going to probably drag the team down. If you watched us going for time trials in the Master Nightmare Hunts, you started, and I've talked about this a lot recently, I believe Master Nightmare Hunts at 980 give you the quickest snapshot of how this game can truly become a min-maxing action RPG because certain things start to sort of we need finishers are really helpful oh my gosh unstable and these mods from the artifact are really really helpful in efficiency and speed and moving through as a team you you get I'm telling you I hate nightmare hunts at 980 as much as I love them I really do I hate them as much as I love them but what 
whenever I play that content, I'm like, this is this is where we could go. This is the tip of the this is the tip of the action RPG iceberg that destiny can become it's it's so it's like oh and then you go into a boss fight that does an immunity phase and you're like this frick you're like this isn't good yet this isn't this isn't the end this isn't the end of the road yet and i i can't wait to see what they do with that i really hope i'm not the only person voicing the both the love as well as the frustration with 980 nightmare hunts so that that bungie can get good feedback i don't want them to cater to me i hope more people are experiencing those and seeing them the way that I have and are providing that feedback because there's just something about a quick, real short. It, it, it's it's intense. It, there's a, there's a synergy. There's there's mechanics. There's a there's a there's a bombastic nature to it. There's a oh I can get supreme mods and do more damage. Like there's a lot to 989 Nightmare Hunts that gives me a taste. Uh, it gives me a taste of where things could go. I've not done a lot of 980 uh, Nightfalls, but a lot of people have told me very similar things about the nightfalls mr complainy face by the way guys resets in 10 minutes if we want to get a team together to work on that challenge in the raid uh if you guys want to corral together feel free to get ready to rock and roll uh in the discord we're going to try and do that definitely mr complainy face do you think there's going to be a surprise activity akin to the whisper or outbreak uh as the season ends i don't know I thought maybe we were gonna we were gonna get Vex Mythoclast as like a secret surprise. Haha! Um, I thought we were gonna get Vex. If we're not gonna get Vex, then they may save that for later, or um, they could do something with what was the other? There was another one people were really predicting. I was thinking Vex just made sense because season of the Undying uh, and the Vex and the Vex offensive and the Vex themed raid. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly. I don't know. Are you staying on Hunter? Probably, yeah, I'll just I'll just stay on Hunter. I don't care. Um, oh yeah, I want to stay on Hunter because he's my highest level anyway. Love your T-shirt. Oh, thank you. I had to really tweak the green screen to get Hulk to to not uh, chroma key. My green screen is like really really neon green. Uh, Monteith, do you think Gallahorn will return? I think Gallahorn will return next year in September with the DLC that I believe will take us back to the Dreadnought. Nighthawks, do you think Menagerie Loot Pool update would be a good thing or people would cry for a reuse of content? Whether it's Menagerie, The Forges, The Reckoning, Blindwell, or Escalation Protocol, or even The Infinite Forest, if they decide to reuse any of those content pools, uh, I believe those should be free updates. So, I want you to imagine we go into Season of Dawn. Let's just imagine it is based around Osiris. And so we're we're going to, you know, Mercury. They could do something with the Infinite Forest and his forged his forge table as like a free update to an old activity and an old, you know, an old thing. Now, I know they use Infinite Forest with the Verdant Forest and the Haunted Forest, so maybe not. Maybe they do Escalation Protocol. If they make it free, I think that's totally fine and no one could complain, okay? And that would go really well in tandem with a $10 season pass because it's like, well, half of the season pass is free and if you pay for it, you get the other bottom half that's got way more stuff and it's it's cooler. And they could say, hey, the free thing we're doing in the world is we've updated Escalation Protocol, we threw in the hand cannons, so you got four guns, which would be great, four weeks maybe, or you could do the rotation like they're doing in Altar of Sorrows where it's daily, um, which I think people would probably prefer the daily rotation. Let's say they do that. It's free. Oh, okay, it's free. That's not too bad. I mean, it's recycled content. It's reskinned, but it doesn't cost anything. And 
that's great for new light players because new light players and people that aren't spending money are like oh hey I don't even really know what escalation protocol is and now all of a sudden it's got a reason for me to run it and it's free and and there's lots of people there and it's really fun updated so people can actually instance from you know outer space from from orbit and then your paid activity your your seasonal activity is over here too vex offensive goes away gets replaced with something else new loot pool new bounties new grinds new whatever I think you do it that way nobody can complain right no nobody can complain and say oh my gosh I can't believe they I can't believe they recycled the content I can't believe they did this it's free like you didn't pay for it you know that's why I think in Shadowkeep they barely touched any year one stuff because they didn't want to basically be like oh my gosh all this year one random rolled stuff what am I paying for Bungie fish shake fish shake what am I paying for you know I'm paying for recycled content if it's free and it's bolstering the seasons that are probably going to be a little bit more thin and less substantive than Shadowkeep that's probably a good call Super Stua since leveling seems to be turning towards XP leveling, do you see any concerns if it went fully based on XP? For example, the artifact currently adds to your overall level, but it doesn't have an option to only use part of that level that you have earned. You uh, would having the option to unlock levels and then select the amount of level you want to use be a viable solution so you could adjust your level down to make content more difficult. Well, I would obviously think if they went to an XP leveling system, they would need to have the difficulty structure built so you don't need to do this. I wouldn't think you would want to feel that pressure to be like, I have to take, what What are you going to do now? Take off your ideal gear to make your power level go down, and if you take off your ideal gear, you're breaking your build too? Like, I, listen, I think 980 or contest modifier would be really easy. Contest modifier is just like, what's the level of the player? Show them swords. Treat them like this. And you make contest modifier basically the way the raid works. It doesn't matter what your power level is. You're always at a delta. It always feels hard. I want to see them do that to raids, by the way. Just let me run the raid at contest. Maybe that's a way to give us non-powerful drops beyond the powerful drops so the hardcore raiders can raid more than three times a week for raid drops, but contest modifier's on. Contest modifier could be in every activity beyond 980. It could be in public spaces. It could be in strikes. It could be everywhere. Uh, if done properly. And then that that that's that's the... That's the antidote to your potential uh, concern and problem here. E-Man did it. Lona, do you think with the approach of changing loot-based leveling to XP uh, would drive more players to grind for max level cap? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It would, But I, I'm actually really curious at the end of the season. I would love to see a report from Bungie about how many people hit 950. How many people? We simplified it. It's streamlined. It's very. It just kind of happens that as long as you're doing milestones and playing and backfilling, it just kind of happens. People are hitting 950 without trying. How many players in the community hit 950 at the end of the season would be a big question for me because that would kind of show you that when you streamline leveling, more people pursue it. More people go after it, you know? The Big Z. Do you think... Everyone in the universe will have bounties to help with XP, loot, and quality of life. I would love for every planet to get the weeklies, dailies, and repeatables, and then one frame for a uh, one frame for a weapon per season. So every planet, we've talked about that before. Every planet gets one gun a season, and that's like eight weapons a season to bolster the planetary NPCs. Just gives them something. It just gives them something. You know, it's for it just. Oh, you love to just run pubs on Nessus? That's just kind of your thing you do on a Friday night? 
cool Nessus has a frame and and weeklies dailies and repeatables and that helps your artifact and it gives you something to chase and you know and if you don't care about it then don't do it it's not it's not necessary uh dragon tat do you feel like the min max grind feels off in other rpgs base stats progressively increase as you level up or are given points or whatever you want the system feels like a total rng and is not rewarding I I have a theory. I have a theory that they are they are going to make changes to the leveling the, the I'm sorry, the stats in the next season maybe. And this theory is loosely based on the fact that we're getting generic mods uh next season. I will not be opening up the fire team to public. You guys sort out friends lists. I'm not doing that. Um so the uh I think that they're intentionally they've intentionally handicapped stats for a couple of reasons. Number 1, I don't think they wanted us to hit max stat rolls this season because that's going to be a potential thing for you to chase in the future. Um if, you know, if if they do it that way, then I could see it's 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 clan and friends only. Kinga's in the clan, so I I don't need to add him. Maybe he's marked offline or something. Um, should be able to join. I will. I don't set my fire team uh, to public. Uh, I'm also strict nat type. That might be messing with it. I might need to reboot my game. Everybody else was able to join though. So. I think they're going to increase stat rolls for endgame content next season. So dungeons, raids, uh, you know, fill in the blank. I think they're going to start to increase stat rolls in those areas because it's, 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 a, it's a complaint right now. Uh, Slayer. With the newly implemented plus two pinnacle drops, the majority of us hardcore players should be 960 before the end of the season. Um, do you think now... Uh, do you think now there may be a level bump next DLC because of this? Again, I already addressed this. I think a small portion of people are even going to hit 960, and I don't think they're going to do a level bump for those people. They might do a pinnacle bump, but not an overarching gear bump for everybody. Wishwash. To me, there seems to be a lot of effort put into these exotic missions to make sure everyone can get the new stuff. Do you think that they should save those special things for Outbreak and Whisper to put in the effort uh, for the strike mission and you never touch it again? You know, I honestly don't know um, what they have planned for those secret quests um accept friend request okay I can accept your friend request in game Kinga again you're showing up as if you're not online problem could be because of the nat type problem could be I don't know it could be a variety of things um you can only see your friends that are in the clan there we go and now we somehow have more than six uh let's see here um okay so it's basically noon we've answered enough questions there were about 10 more questions sorry we didn't get to them i want to be able to jump in right away and do challenge there's reset so if you're here right now don't go anywhere we're about to try to figure out what the challenge is in the raid if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe